As you listen to today's episode, there will be a couple of times that the sound goes out. Just ignore it. Hopefully you get the message. Love you. Peace. Boy, this is Jesus and Jim Shoes. Boy, this is Jesus and Jim Shoes. Welcome to another episode of Jesus and Jim Shoes, where we have unparalleled discussions about life skills and Jesus. I have a very, very special person uh, with us today. Um, he's a dear friend. He is the man who discipled me and taught me even what that was. A true follower of Jesus, um, Pastor Nick Rivera uh, on the podcast today. Say what up, Nick. What's up? What's up? <laughs> man, Good it's uh, I'm glad that you're here. Uh very, very glad that you're here. I think more than anything, you are one of the people that uh, I wrote a list when I first started recording of people who I wanted to have on on my podcast because it is called Jesus and Gym Shoes. And you were most definitely on that list because I think that through meeting you, I was able to look at Jesus a lot differently. Um, and I just want to thank you for that first and foremost. Um, so yeah, introduce yourself, man. Tell, tell, tell the people about you. I thought you were going to say that I was on the top of your list because I have the best gym shoe collection, but (laughs) (laughs) we know that's not true, but I'm trying to build up. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, man, I am, um, the husband of my wife. Uh, Santi Rivera. We've been married for, it'll be 20 years next year in May. Jesus. Um, yeah, man. I, um, the father of Layla, Isaiah, and JJ, um, 18, 12, and almost 11. Um, and so that, man, I just, I love Jesus. I mean, I, I mean, I think anybody who meets me, that'll probably be one of the things. Like, I'm a family man, and I'm a man about my faith. And I love, love, love Jesus. I, I, I love discipling people and teaching about it and, and then working with young people. Like that's kind of where I've cut my teeth on, on discipleship has been doing life with, uh, with teenagers. And so it's fun. Doing life with teenagers is, is actually very similar to doing life with adults. <laughs> yes, it is. is. I have a higher expectation of adults and sometimes they kind of, you know, the teenagers, the teenagers will most definitely <laughs> flip <laughs> when it comes to expectations. Uh, so before we go too in depth, uh, explain what doing life is. Doing life is uh, as a Christian, um, the Bible talks about um, going make disciples of all nations, and the idea of go. Uh, in that passage of Matthew 28 is is about this journey. And so the term doing life has come from the connection of disciple making where it's like we're going to walk life on life together through all of life. It's not just about doing Bible study together or going to church together. It's like, no, we're going to be in the nuts and bolts. How many conversations that you and I have, you know, over the years about work, about relationships, about what ministry about family, just everything under the umbrella. So when we talk about doing life, there's no one specific category. It's about how is Jesus a part of every facet of your life, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So 
<laughs> it's interesting that you brought up gym shoes, right? So I ask everybody, what's their favorite pair of gym shoes? So I've listened to your podcast. So okay. I'm prepared. I'm going to show you my favorite pair that I'm rocking right now. Okay, this uh, is a waffle. Well, it's no, a, these are the Nike D-Break. Um, they break? Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So okay. I love the pomegranate on it. They're super comfy. I mean, I like in the back. They've got the cork in the back. I mean, these are probably yeah. the ones. These are. It got the waffle really bottom great. on the back. It got the waffle bottom. Yep. Got the yep. waffle bottom. Yep. yep. And the whole bottom is actually cork, um, yeah. which is pretty dope. And I just got some in the mail yesterday that I ordered. I'm going to show you these. These are the actual waffle. Uh, yep. Waffle, uh, Nike waffle ones. Um, and yep. so. They're nice. They're not as comfy as as these, the Daybreak, but um, mm-hmm. I love the the colors. I, I've gotten a way more colorful the last few years. And I'm proud of you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. I'm proud of you. Because <laughs> black, blue, and white can only go so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was as far as my budget used to stretch back in the day. So you know, I got. <laughs> You know, I get it, you know. I most definitely get it because uh, my gym shoes are a lot more colorful. And I have on today, or what I was wearing outside to walk Harlem, my dog, I got my uh, Comme des Garçons plays, the Converse, the brown ones with, like, the whole bunch of hearts on the side. They look like some, you know, really cool Converse. So, yeah. Truth be told, my favorite yeah. gym shoe to wear at, at all time is some some black regular converse like yeah. high top converse those are my desmond's like you cannot say that you want to wear your con- you got to show and i was like but those are my go-to like everyday That's... yo i love my converse yeah me too i, I like how converse specific- these last few years they put they re remodeled it and they put out the converse 70s so they have a cushion on the inside of it yep yep Way more comfy than they were back in the day where on the cement. <laughs> Man, I can wear these all day now. Like before, yep. I mean, once you break a pair in, your foot kind of molds to it, but that pinky that pinky toe, it's still it's still <laughs> that pinky toe in them in them original ones. Whereas this one, yep. you know, I can walk on the cloud a little bit. You know, I can walk for a little while. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but well, but doing life with people, you learn uh, the ins and outs of people and um, you get to know the truth about who they are. Um, and one of the truths was that, like, I would at one point I was spending too much money <laughs> on gym shoes. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. And it takes like having somebody in your corner. To be like, yo, you need to repurpose those funds because you know you complaining about one thing, but you but you aren't putting things into place so that way you don't complain about those things. Um, and so Nick was one of those people that helped me with that, and that's what the the pleasure of doing life with somebody that you trust. They can come to you and they can correct you, um, and they can still do it um, from a place of. They can do it from a place of love and they can do it from a place of compassion. And you kind of know, <laughs> you, you know exactly where, where it comes from. Yep. Yep. And it's important though, right? Like, um, especially when we talk and we look biblically and we look at 
um, how Jesus commands us to, to do life, right? Mm -hmm. I think oftentimes the church struggles with even the idea of people doing life together because they're so worried about, well, how is so-and-so gonna respond? But the reality is you need relationships. Like, and, mm -hmm. and those, like you and I were able to connect in that way and have over the years because we built like relationship over time where, where you trust me and I trust you and we could speak, we could speak truth to each other and it yeah. not be like it's offensive, you know, but, but man, it's like, okay, I know that you have the best, um, best things for me, right? The best things at heart. So when you're speaking, you're not speaking like to put, to make me feel like crap. You're speaking mm -hmm. to actually help me to grow. So that's, that's the, I, I can't imagine the people who, who don't have folks that they're doing life with. I don't, I don't, I can't even comprehend that. Yeah, you know, it's, I can't either. So on the first episode, Ashley and Tisha and I, we talked about having community. Um, and then I just dropped the episode with uh, DK. Um, and clearly that's community because, you know, um, we we in it. Um, and I was talking about how his granddad, or we were talking about how his granddad was even, before he passed away, he prayed for our friendship because he wanted yeah he just he saw something in me that you know he didn't necessarily see in a lot of people and so dk was mentioning that but that came through us doing community and or being in community with each other and being in a space of hey i got your back like i i know that you're going through a lot g but i got your back like let me let's hop on the road I don't want you driving 10 hours to Arkansas by yourself. It, you know, it's stuff like that. Or the uh one of the one of the one of the most amazing experiences that I've ever had was when I came over for bedtime and we talked about Moses. Yeah. Um, and we and so how did you come up? Can, explain what happens at bedtime with the babies or with the kids. They were babies at the time, but yeah, they were babies. They they big now. They're little yeah. So uh, one thing that we do uh, as a family is every night before we go to bed, um, before I put my kids to bed, is we spend time talking about some biblical story. Um, and typically, we'll, we, we'll go through like um, almost in sequential order, different stories of the Bible. Um, and then there's other times where I'm like, you know what, I want to focus on, uh, on Jesus's deity, or I want to focus on somebody who's, a str who's struggling um, in the Bible. And, and so depending on where my kids are, um, emotionally, mentally, um, things with school, that's kind of the direction that we will go in. Um, and so for me, um, I, and, and some people may push back on this, but we don't necessarily sit down as a family and have a designated day every single week where we're sitting down doing a Bible study together. And then we're getting like, we, because for me, I want to, we built in, in the rhythm of life, let's talk about the Lord, let's talk about scripture. And so bedtime for us has become that time where every day my kids know, okay, we're about to continue the story from yesterday. And then we're going to spend time in prayer that's tied to the story. And then about what the, the next day is going to hold. And I just, I wanted to make it a more organic time throughout our life so that my kids never feel like, well, I had to do Bible study. It's like, yo, like we just were always talking about God, like throughout our regular rhythm of life. And I think when we do it like that, 
we, we, we take outside of the box what it means to be a follower of Jesus versus keeping everything in, well, this is just our Bible study time. Okay, well, this is just our friend time. And this is just, no, like, again, the, the idea of doing life, and I'm doing life with my family, is our life is going to be centered on Jesus. And so there's different parts of our day throughout the day that we're actually engaging one another in scripture and God. And not that it's happening at 24-7. We, we do it imperfectly, right? Like we're yeah. still, but it came about because I always wrestled with make it be a rhythm versus making it be a routine. And, and so, um, and for some people it works. Like I know uh, Alex, he, he and Casey, um, every Sunday, They'll do their, they have their Bible study where they sit down together and they talk um, and that works for them. And he does the same thing with his girls for us. And it's just kind of more of my DNA. We just kind of have this rhythm. So yeah, it, it happened as a result of just trying to figure out, man, what's the best way to lead my family, you know? And that's kind of the way it's kind of come out through. That's dope. And I think that even with me, it shows me something that I want to incorporate into my life. Right. Um, that, just that one experience of of doing it it's like man I, this is something i could do and it it breaks down and it puts different things into practical um scenarios um for them to be Let's able talk. to understand yeah yeah let them ask questions like they'll we'll, we'll be talking about like so yesterday or the day before yesterday jj was going through a really really tough day he wasn't feeling as if um, he was smart because he has to ask for help. And mm-hmm. I was making the point to him, that the smartest people are the people who ask for help. I'm like, yeah. those are always going to be the smartest people because they, they know their limitations. And I, I took him to Moses, funny enough that you mentioned. Uh, so I took him to Moses, getting to the Red Sea and getting there and like basically needing God's help in order to get across. If he were to try to figure it out on himself, they would have been dead, but he went to the one who could help him where he felt inadequate. And that was kind of what I was encouraging him with that, man, all throughout the Bible and in, in our history, people ask for help and that's how they actually grow. And that's having a growth mindset. Um, instead of having this mindset, I have to try to figure out everything on my own. It's like, no. And, and that's again, kind of going back to doing life with each other. When we come to faith, we need to do life because I have an entire life before Jesus that I lived my own way. And so for yeah. me to think that I could learn how to do this life, this Christian walk, apart from somebody modeling it with like before me, yo, I'm fooling myself. I am yeah. fooling myself. So in, and you're mad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So in the most common language that you can come up with, uh-huh. um, what is discipleship? Me and how I see it come flow from scripture is the idea of doing life with somebody um, as you go. So, th- so doing life and leading people to Jesus. And leading people to Jesus. Because as you're doing life, you're constantly pointing people back to Jesus and in that you're also pointing yourself to Jesus. Like your mm-hmm. whole idea of, of being a disciple is, is that you have somebody teaching you. 
Um, yeah. That's the Great Commission is is a is literally talking about like go and make disciples. In order to make a disciple, you have to teach somebody. And so the the simplest form is to walk alongside somebody doing life, pointing them to Jesus to learn how to live a life that's dedicated to Jesus. I, I would say that's probably the easiest way. What's one of the difficult moments that you've had um, when discipling somebody and it just doesn't go how you think it should have? Going into a young man probably for about six years um, and doing life. So let me, let me make that common language. So I was doing life with this young man, teenager, uh, for about six years. He was 16 all the way up to 21, 22, somewhere around there. And when I say doing life, like I was, he was working with me. So I would go to his house and pick him up in the morning. We would drive to, uh, to, the, to the church. Uh, and so, and then I got him a job to work at the church. So while I was working, he was there. He would be a part of doing ministry um, with our student ministry. Um, I would take him home. I know his grandmother. I know his grandfather. Like we did like, like talked about Jesus so much had him to teach, like just incredible young man. And he still is an incredible young man. But there came a point when there was no receptivity um, to the things that I was encouraging him with. Um, And so I continued to try to walk with him and slowly but surely distance kind of crept in and and we we weren't as um, close anymore from the standpoint of like him actually hearing the things that I was challenging him with. Um, as well as just in regular rhythms of life, we kind of grew apart. And, uh, and you know, some years passed and uh, we hadn't talked and um, he turned to a different faith. And, uh, and so we would bump into each other and I would always tell him like, hey bro, like, I know, I, I see what you're on, what happened with Jesus? And he'll tell me, man, I still believe in Jesus, but I believe in this too. And I would always come back to him. And whenever I see him, I tell him I love him. Whenever on social media, we talk. Um, but I, I always bring him back to is really taking Jesus as God off the throne. And so if you're telling me that you're believing in who Jesus is in the, the fullness of who he is in the Godhead, but you're also telling me you're believing in this other, you have this other religious belief, they don't go together. Mm-hmm. And I need you to reconcile that for real. And so that's been that that's been a tough one. I've been praying for this young man, continue to pray for him, that God will open his eyes um, and bring him back to his first love. Because honestly, Jesus saved his life. Um, during that time that we were together for those six, seven years, doing life every single day, if we weren't, I honestly believe he would not be here today. Um, and so Jesus literally saved his life. Um, and so I know that God has grace for him and I believe one day he will be drawn back, um, and he won't have, he won't be trying to mix this other religion in. So that's really hard. That's really, really, really hard. Cause I poured out, you figured I did, Jesus did three and a half years with some disciples, right? I did six years, almost seven. And it, it, it's hard. It's hard to see the state of somebody, um, that you talking to praying with crying for that's hard yeah yeah so what do you do to reconcile that with you right um just so it the podcast is about life skills so just people do life with people and they don't do it to that to the 
And it's not just about them sharing Jesus. They share, they share their life. They share their space. They share all these things with people. So what is, how do you reconcile that? I, w- I want that to be the life skill right now. Like, how do you reconcile things not going uh, the way you thought they should? A um, late 80s, early 30s, Nick, took it really hard. Took it. From 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 my from my maturity standpoint, from my biblical understanding, um, and from from a, a standpoint of my expectations, um, I did I took it I took it hard, and I felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. I felt like, man, God, I, I did I, I followed the quote unquote formula, right? Like, and I learned from the guru, this guy named Brian Dye. Like, I learned from him, and um, and so as I as I've gotten older, I've recognized and been reminded that. Yo, at the end of the day, it is only God who brings the increase. And it's still to have a relationship with this young man. Um, But what ends up happening is because in his eyes, he doesn't think that we see eye to eye. It's almost like he thinks we're. You guys are like enemies or something, right? Yeah, that's the way. And, And we there's love like whenever we see each other. But I would say. Uh, from a life skills perspective, um, man, I ultimately have to trust that one man that God is not finished. That the that the good work that He began, that He will bring to completion. And the scriptures say that that He will bring to completion, not that Nick will. Um, and so, part of that is also, you know, us as especially in the in in, in America, we have this savior complex, and we we really got to get off our high horse and think that we're the we're the super saviors. Because at the end of the day, it's only Christ that saves. It is only that saves and keeps. I don't save. I don't keep. And so as I've gotten older, I've just been like, you know what? I just want to do life with people and allow Jesus to organically come out. And I will I will be faithful to that relationship with that person um, for as long as that person wants to do life. I'm going to love on them and continue to care for them. But I I'm going to have realistic expectations and realize that, man, that life takes people in so many different different directions and that's okay because god uses all of the stuff of our life mm-hmm. to, to ultimately point us back to him so yeah. i believe that there will be one day where he will be drawn back and so it is it's really trust and i would say like just like our faith it it boils down to how much do we really trust god and then are we trusting in ourselves for stuff that we should really just be trusting in god for and and so take the pressure off, man. Just love people. I mean, the, the 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 great commandment, you know, ultimately, you know, the two things that Jesus says is to love God and then to love your neighbor. And mm-hmm. those are the two most important, if I could say life skills. Bro, like as a believer, if you're on here and you love Jesus, then you need to love your neighbor. And if you love kicking it with your neighbor, yo, like let's love Jesus. Like they're, 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 they're almost like a hinge. Like you can't have one without the other. You need to be loving God. And if you say you love God, you need to be loving your neighbor. And what that looks like is, man, just you're doing, you're literally doing. And, and, and when I say doing life, like you're going to the movies, you're, you're kicking it at their crib. You're going out to go eat. You're enjoying this world that God has given us. Now hear me out. Enjoying it. (laughs) in this proper context, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
we still trying to live for Jesus out here, right? Yes. But, but yo, like, man, enjoy it to its fullness and do not get tied down to this religious thought that I have to be tied down in such a way to all of the things that the that my church does. And uh, yo, I, and rant is if if you don't have a life outside of church, like your building, you're missing out on a whole like 75% of what God wants for you for your life. Like because yo, you never know, you never know like where it's gonna the most. God, I literally have to talk about Jesus in the most ridiculous of places sometimes. Like, I'm literally at Howard's homecoming. I'm with the bros chilling. And I got to, like, start witnessing to, to some cats. And I'm just like, God, right now? Like, come on, yo. Like, like right now, like, these people are struggling with... uh they were just struggling with the faith. Like somebody brought up something, the bros, they always talking and, you know, somebody brought up something about Jesus and I was just like, oh God. And my frat brothers that were right there, they were just like, don't get DJ started. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and so, but they just started laughing and they just kind of like stepped to the side and was just like, here come DJ. And so it, it's times like that or it's times where um, you're just in casual conversation with people and like what's in you is going to come out, you know, if, if it's in you, it's going to come out. And Jesus most definitely is one of those things that I, that I'm going to talk about. Like, <laughs> So like, I, I want everybody, like, think about this. What if, what if God is so strategic that he is that you actually spend the most time of your life? So, what if God is so strategic that we're called to live out our faith in our neighborhood because that's where we spend the majority of our time? And what if we're supposed to live out our faith in our jobs because we're spending eight to 10 hours, except for you who's doing, you know, <laughs> you're in your crib, but for, you know, the regular rhythm of life of working eight to 10 hours, man, what if, what if that's our mission field? What if our neighborhood is our mission field? What if, you know, those of us that have kids in school and we're in these parent groups and things like that. What if that's part of our mission field? Like what, how, how strategic is God that he would give us this new life and then want us to actually put on display and be a witness, spend the most time of our lives that are normal rhythms versus trying to focus all of our time, energy, money, and everything on on being in a in a building um for hours on end that keep us away from those spaces mm-hmm. like like what if what if there's very strategic ways in which you do come together as a as a group of followers of Christ as the church but it's but it's as a way to as a scripture say to equip you to do the work of ministry mm-hmm. that that leads me <laughs> yeah, I agree. That leads me to two points uh, that I want to talk about really quickly. The first one is the concept of house church. And then the secondly, second is the concept of small groups. So house church, the concept of house church. Uh, house church, um, for those of you who are unfamiliar, it's actually uh, kind of the way the church began. 
Um, they did not begin meeting in uh, an actual quote unquote church structure. Um, they looked at themselves as the church because that's what ecclesia church actually means. It's called out ones. And so um, it, it somewhere. And so the Jewish uh, religion, they would gather in temple. Um, and so in Acts, when you look in Acts uh, chapter two, um, it's kind of the beginning of this, right? Where they're meeting in houses and spending, doing life, like they're eating, they're, they're, there's teaching going on, there's fellowship taking place. Um, people are being added to the faith because there's something unique about when you gather within your home that they had never seen before. And so we, which we're not the first, there are house church, uh, house churches that exist all over Chicago and actually all over the world. And, and in most parts of the world, house church is, is probably the most, um, <laughs> the biggest gathering places as you kind of, if you were to count them up individually, because a lot of places can't gather in a church structure. Um, and so house church for us is literally um, coming together. This is my house. We're in my home. Um, and, uh, and so you gather and you meet. And one of the reasons why we're doing it um, and it's not a temporary thing. Some some people do gather in their homes to begin with before they have a traditional model, which is great. For us, seeing, um, or having a focus on meeting in a home provides more intentionality to build community and, and real relationships that will be long lasting um, versus a traditional model, which is going to a building um, uh, because you can often get lost in the sea of people. Um, and so house churches, literally we're meeting in the house, we're meeting in our houses. We have a, an elder team still. Um, we have a teaching schedule. We have, we pray together. Uh, we worship in song. We don't have like big sound system, obviously, and stuff. We literally have been worshiping with one of our members as a ukulele and he literally plays a ukulele and we, and we worship to him playing a ukulele. So it, it provides a lot more family feel. We worship with our kids. Um, we do have a time where kids are separate and go and spend some time and have some stuff taught specifically for them. But then there's times when we're like, hey, we want to all be together with the kids as well. And then mm -hmm. one of the really cool things for us is we also have a meal together once our gathering is done. And so it, it provides space for us to be able to continue to, to, have, to fellowship. And a lot of times we're, we're continuing the dialogue about what we were talking about um, in our gatherings. So um, teaching is biblical. We're not going off crazy. Again, because we're, we're, we're still elder led, um, we're together working on, on our sermon preps and things like that. However, the way we deliver is different. And this is for our house church in particular. Mm -hmm. We are a lot more conversational. And so myself and um, Alex, who's one of the other pastors, um, when we're teaching, we're, we're teaching through scripture. We have some very specific points that we want to hit, but then we're always opening it up for dialogue so that others can, um, can interject. And one of the cool things for us is like, we're going through Romans right now. And so every week we're going through a different, um, well, depending on where we're at in the Bible, but we have specific verses that we're going through. And so everybody is expected to read during the week, to spend their time with the Lord during the week, engaging in that scripture, so that when they come to church on Sunday, they're able to contribute to the conversation. I don't like this church, you got homework. <laughs> you got all work for this church so here's the here's the cool thing like everything we do we're we're discipling people right yep. so 
we're teaching them you got to get it be in scripture spend time with the lord because you're going to contribute and so we're discipling you in that when we're doing our our things outside of our 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 house like if we're walking the neighborhood in prayer if we're going and feeding the homeless if we are um doing some things we're, we're connecting with the school or what have you what one of the things for us that we're always pushing is like yo everything that we're doing on this scale with with within this particular community you can do in your neighborhood mm -hmm. the idea isn't to just rely on like where my house is it's like no everybody can use your house as a as a ministry tool for the kingdom of god so that's house church community the other one was a uh, small group right yeah so man i love small groups um small you know groups, i love small groups I, I know you do i know you do um and so uh small groups are, are basically when we're talking about it in the church context are um a a group of like-minded uh followers of christ that are going to come together for accountability uh for teaching uh for support and for fun right like and, and to, to be able to build community in doing those things and so um one of the one of the important things about having a small group is there's got there's got to be some consistency behind it um and so when i think about uh, my time when i was at new life and i was kind of kind of over a lot of the small group concepts you know being able to have either a weekly or even a monthly gathering was really important so that there's consistency in there because relationships don't just naturally get built they they have to be cultivated and part of the cultivation of a small group is a regular consistent gathering of those people so that they can get to know one another um yo like we have a lot of baggage as people we just yep. we do we we you know and so my my challenge to people who say yo you know like i'm just not with other people i don't like to you know it's just gonna be me and jesus i'm good my, my, <laughs> first, my first piece is like have you read your bible do you yeah do you, like have you even read that like, Jesus literally made like three steps. Yo, yeah, Jesus literally made three steps and was like, "Yo, come holla at me." And he was like, he talking to two brothers, like, "Yo, bring both of y'all come." Then uh, he told him, he was like, "Yeah, let the dead bury the dead." Like, "Yo, come on, Joe. Like, just come with me." Yeah, come with me, and he he literally invites us into a family. Like when we look at scripture all throughout the New Testament, the language is family. It is an invitation to be a part of a new family. Not that your old family, you know, you're not kicking it with them and all that kind of stuff. No, but it is an invitation into the family of God. And if if we don't take that serious and we don't take that literal, then all we're doing, we're, one, we're blowing smoke. And then, yeah. and, and two, like we're not providing the, the reality of what it is that God came to do, which is to reestablish his kingdom through his family. And living into that, if we're not leaning into that truth and that reality, then um, then we're not really living into the faith that God has called us to. And so, first, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, I said I agree. Yeah. If we ain't, if if we're not like actively, man, trying to be a part of a like a, this small group, the church through a small group, through um, relationships, and I'm not, I'm not in any way saying. You need to be friends with every single person in your church. Like you got to know them, you know, extremely well because it's unrealistic for, for churches that, especially that are not house churches, is yeah. very unrealistic. Um, but 
I, I use this example. So there was um, um, uh, Francis Chan, one of my heroes of the faith. Uh, he was telling a story about a young man uh, who was in, in a gang and, uh, and he ended up giving his life to Christ at his church. And this is when he was uh, a part of a really big church in Simi Valley in California. And um, man, like it was a celebration, like, yo, like everybody was excited. This young gang member like gave his life to Christ. Um, and then uh, like a couple months passed and he doesn't, he doesn't see him. And so he, he ends up bumping into him on the street one day. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, hey, I miss you. How you been doing? Been looking for you in church. Sorry, man, I haven't seen you. How are you doing? Are you good? And the young man says to him, I'm good. He's like, but uh, you, you guys presented me with, with inviting me into a family there to actually be with me. He found more family in his gang than he, he did, did in church. And that was one of the turning points for Francis Chan that kind of really struck him about needing to deconstruct the kind of traditional model and go back to a more relational house church model um, to where you have less less chance of people that are going to fall through the cracks and more of an invitation that's literally into a family. Like when you come to my house, this is my personal house. So you're coming in and you're immediately seeing my family. But then you also can't tell like, who is my, wait a second, like Alex just went into this his refrigerator. Alex is, you know, one of the members of the church, but he just goes into the fridge and somebody else just went and hung out downstairs. Wait, they're hanging out to watch the game after this? Like, so it is this intermingling of, um, people who are not blood family, but then you're reckon you're brought together through the blood of Christ, and now you are family, and we're do we're we're there for each other, we're loving each other, we're mm -hmm. being faithful with each other, like all of that, and so yeah, yeah. house church like there has to have that. Yeah, and so this isn't like a knock on like big church at all, right? At all. It's um, it's just offering a different way to kind of like view things so i was dating this uh woman when i was in college she's a woman now but uh well, she's a woman then but we were dating when we was in college so her dad um her dad was is a pastor and they had church at the house and i would always make fun of it like oh my god y'all you going to house church and she was like shut up <laughs> and so it wasn't until years later that I was able to reconcile the concept of like, duh, this is like one way that people can have church. And so it's interesting that um, I come in contact with people and the first that have these sort of traumatic stories or they have like these different types of experiences at traditional church. And I'm just like, hey, have you ever tried like a house church? So um, like prior to yours, um, what's the house, house church network in Chicago? to be a legacy um, yeah legacy around for like i want to say yeah. 12 years they just recently um kind of disbanded and a lot of the churches turned into their own kind of little gathering spots at, at yeah home. yeah yeah they, yeah 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 so like prior to, prior to your church it was like legacy um that i would be like hey you know you should check this this concept out or like have you tried small groups or 
you know, uh, just a group of people that you can kind of fellowship with, because I know it's important for us to, you know, do life with people. So it wasn't until recently until, you know, we got into ministry or until I got into doing ministry that I was able to like see how important that was of having that group of people together. And now some of the people that I did life with um, are now <laughs> with me still seven, eight years later from us starting from like selling t-shirts and you know doing events together so it's been it's been a journey um and then also you get to have more understanding and you have more people that can kind of check you and also be there when you have those traumatic experiences and also when you have those wins because it's nothing like having wins and you don't have anybody there to like help you celebrate those wins could be super transparent with and that can be transparent with you about mm-hmm. their own struggles about their own mishaps and things like that when we've, we've been going through romans and one of the things that i love about romans is paul is like super transparent when he talks about like having um like being the worst and like i you know having a thorn in his side like all the, how open and honest and transparent he is important for us because we look at Paul and we're like, yo, like you, you were a key writer in the New Testament and you still had struggles and you looked at yourself through a proper lens of like, I am less than Jesus and therefore I am, I am in need of Jesus versus I, at times I think sometimes we can be intimidated by some of the people that we believe are living these lives that are higher status, um, but but we're not in community with people to actually recognize like, even the person I think is like way up there, is this a normal dude or a normal woman that struggles in their faith and, you know, kind of even question some of the things about their faith, but they still love Jesus and they're still li- trying to live it out. So when you're living by yourself, apart from community, whether it's traditional church, house church, wh- whatever, on real deep relationships that can help during some of the most difficult times, man. Man, it's, I'm so grateful for community. Uh, Extremely grateful for community Um, and having people around me um, that can walk with me. Um, And it even goes to to community, like even at our gym, at Fit Results. Shout out to Shout out to Fit Results in Chicago. Um, we build community there, uh, and it was and it was simply because I just wasn't feeling my best. That and I saw them. It was July fourth of uh, twenty nineteen. I saw that they were about to do a work outdoor workout, and I came and I was just like, "Man, I need to be here. Like, I need to be here." And there's no reason why a person should be up at five a.m. at the gym. <laughs> like what's yeah and it's interesting because you hear so many people like oh what? like you go at 5 a.m it's just like man there's nothing like it now I've, you know i'm <laughs> i have most definitely not been going to 5 a.m as much as i need to but you know i got other times of the day you know just schedules just like other times of the day um I'll still go and it's just like, man, I'm at home. 
you know, whenever I step inside of fit results. But community is, there are different types of community, like whatever. And it's people that kind of push you along the path of um, getting the best out of you. It's so funny because that's that's life on life. Like, I yeah. feel like you gave a really great example of life on life, like people helping to push you along so that you could get better. Um, I fell in love with fit results because I, I, I miss the camaraderie of playing athletic sports and having a team. And I felt like when I walked into fit results, like that's the type of feel that I got where people are cheering you on. People are sarcastic, but it's like funny and it's all part of encouragement. Um, mm-hmm. and it's challenging. And, and to me, I feel like that's similar to when we talk about community within the church uh, kind of framework. It's like having real people to do life with. It's not about being fake. It's not about trying to be holier than thou or to portray yourself in this way as, you know, super like, like holy. It's, it's about like, how can we just walk and live together, man? Some of the most encouraging things that I have experienced within the house church kind of concept and within church in general um, over the years are people that were, that were really, truly interested changing moments where like whether it's good times of my life or t- difficult times people that are calling people that are asking to go out for a meal people that are pr- that are saying that yo i'm praying for you people who are giving like there's nothing like the church it is the most beautiful and like Gotta jump. You said it's the most beautiful what? You kind of broke up. Well, you said it's the most beautiful what? It's just it's the most beautiful thing on on earth. When I really when I really take a step back and think about all that the church is beautiful, and I think that made it thing that people um, don't look at in the same way. Because they're like, yo, like, man, the church is full of hypocritical people. The church is this, the church is that. And it's like, but isn't that the point? That, like, as you are, and you are accepted into a family, regardless of what your background is, and you want the best for you and are willing to walk with you, grow and that that you can help others grow like that's the other part of of discipleship and community is that it's not a one-way street it's reciprocal right like like i've learned so much from you it hasn't just been like me pouring into you it's been like yo like there's been so much mutual benefit and growth and like and 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 i would even say yes in in the the context of god and scripture and everything because you look at scripture one way I'll look at a little, maybe a little uh, in a different way. And then we come together. It's beautiful. But I mean, even quite honestly, and you don't know this, but in, in your lightheartedness, in your humor, in your, I'm going to enjoy life. Like those are things that as I was able to walk alongside of you, we walked alongside each other during our times with JG, that stuff rubbed off on me, man, that I'm like, I want to have fun. Like, I need to stop having a stick up my butt and really enjoy just what we're doing. Like, you know, all of those, those are things that have helped me, you know? Oh, and wow. so I appreciate that, bro. You don't know that, but I'm telling you now, 
I appreciate I that. Super, super appreciate you, man, in that regard. Yeah. You are the you are the party. And there's just something that is so awesome uh, with with how you carry yourself and how you the things that you do and the way you look at life and like you're gonna enjoy it. And so man, like I, I've taken that and I've taken that to heart. So I appreciate that. And on that note, I'm gonna end because you know <laughs> I, I don't need nothing else. I don't need nothing else. I don't, <laughs> I don't need nothing else. And this has been <laughs> Nick. How can people get in touch with you? How can people get in touch with Engage Church? Like, yep. okay, cool. I'll be honest. Our social media is whack. Like, and I have somebody who does social media, and he don't keep up with it. So, but you can you can connect with me um, through social media. Um, if you go to uh, Engage Church, um, uh, I, and we will have a website real soon. It just ain't up yet. But um, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, Engage Community Church, um, and uh, you'll be able to see uh, some pictures. Uh, we have a really cool logo, which we don't really use a lot, but yeah. Or you can email um, n Rivera RG. Um, Say it one more time. N Rivera at engagechurch.org. And um, I, I check that email regularly. You can hit me up. Um, I'd love to connect with you, even if you just want to have a conversation about house church, or if you, even if you're interested in visiting one of our policies for people that we don't personally know is we'll have like a breakfast or lunch or even a dinner outside before we invite anybody to come into the house. It's just one of our safety nets that we have. Um, if it's somebody who is someone that's not connected or ready to somebody in the church, it's just one of the ways we stay safe. And one of the things I promised my wife that I would do, because she's like, you have these people just coming off the street. So, but yeah, so we, we'd like to do that. But if it's somebody that we know, yo, it's all good. But again, would love to connect. You can, you can message me through social media. Um, also, so on Instagram, um, uh, Nicholas Rivera with two little, um, what do they call like underscores? Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram or Nick Rivera on Facebook. Um, and you can hit me up. So, yep. Okay. Well, this has been another episode of Jesus and Gym Shoes, where we like to have unparalleled conversations about life skills and Jesus. Um, make sure you subscribe and tell somebody else about it. Um, appreciate you for listening. Love you.